It also has actual health benefits. And that's because laughter completely engages the body and releases the mind. It connects us to others, and that in itself has a healing effect. That quote is by Marlo Thomas. I'm Danielle. And I'm Raleigh. And this is Unstuck, the special education podcast. I'm going to tell you, Raleigh, I think every single time I start, I say the special education podcast, and I think you just say special ed. We really well, change it up. You know what? Let's intro. go back through all of them and redo it. <laughs> Get them like all we need synced to edit up. Every single one, and every time yeah. I'm in the middle of it, I hear myself completing the word, and I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this right now. Why not? It's your know. style. I your flair. Like I feel like it's too long. You do, you, buddy. Well, <laughs> I, also I, think, I also think we talk about more than special ed. I'm just saying. Okay. So now you want to change the name of the podcast? <laughs> Maybe we should have this conversation <laughs> off the recording. Um, we should go back and re-record that first one, though. When it was oh, like, I know, when yeah, it was really, yeah. really messy. Yeah, thanks to everybody who got past that and continued to listen. Appreciate and also, it. I feel like we should go back and re, um, talk, re talk about. I don't know. I don't know why people listen to us. I can't speak English. Um, but re, we should reignite some of the old topics that yeah. we well, have talked about. We won't do that right now. No. Um, we do want to welcome in a special guest who, who has not been on Unstuck up to this point. Caitlin, welcome. Hi, thank you. It's Very nice to have you here. here. We're so, so excited to have you here. We've been trying for, you know, the better part of a year to get you on. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so busy. <laughs> um, do you want to just basically describe what you do? So currently I am an assistant principal at a residential um, education program that specializes in trauma with behavioral and social emotional aspects. Um, we also have a program for autism. Um, in the past, I have worked as an ABA in public schools. I started as a substitute teacher in the school system, went to ABA, really loved that. Worked there for eight years um, and decided to pursue that. So I got my master's in elementary ed and special ed and then became um, a sixth grade special ed teacher that was inclusion and then one that um, was, you know, we kind of pulled kids out and taught small group from the gen ed setting. So you've had a breath of experience, one would say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> lots of experience, lots of stories. So that's why, you know, you should come on the show more often because I think people appreciate and value um, all the experience that comes mm -hmm. with being a special ed teacher. Yes, so. and I um, was listening to a lot this week um, just to kind of Thank you. gear up for <laughs> the special guest um, and heard that you have a big outpouring in Minnesota and I'm very excited about that because uh -huh. I grew up there. Oh, wow. shout out Minnesota. Shout out to Minnesota. Wow. I was so excited to okay. hear that. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Keep them coming. Yeah. All right. you know? Tell your family, tell your friends that yeah. there's a Minnesotian <laughs> Minnesota. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're so close with your you know, New I'm England from, accent. I'm from Cape Cod. All right? Let's all just keep it there. Let's keep it there. Different kind of water. Um, so today we um, are talking about um, bringing laughter into the classroom. I think that will bring us onto other, you know, just topics about respecting kids and how to how to best support students in the classroom. We talk about relationships a lot, Caitlin, as you've probably listened nonstop, oh, yes. um, and how you build relationships. And I think laughter and and really making light of situations is is 
helpful in a classroom setting. Absolutely. I have found that just the smallest thing that you can do, but the biggest impact it has. Um, and I think a lot of people, of course, with you know expectations and the pressure that we have as teachers coming into a school day, it's overwhelming and trying to hit every single spot on the curriculum and objectives can be, um, it can kind of take away from that light and laughter um, throughout the day. So finding those moments where you can laugh at yourself, laugh at the kids, laugh with the kids. Um, you know, I think it just makes the world of a difference. I think in today's world, a lot of the kids have a lot on their shoulders and coming into the classroom, um, you know, we've seen spikes in anxiety and self-esteem is going down. So um, having the power to laugh with adults is something that, you know, they don't really see or experience as much. Um, and finding those moments, it's, you know, I've done it plenty of times in the classroom and just seeing the kids light up and then the change in their behaviors or their demeanor overall is just awesome to see. Well, I've never had deep thoughts about laughter. So it's very funny when I was like, you know, Raleigh and I look for quotes as you, we don't just like have a repertoire of them. We will like research our topic or whatever ahead of time. And like looking at the quote that we had today, the fact that it completely engages the body and releases the mind. Like mm -hmm. this, I never really thought about it until I read this quote and I was like, yeah, you don't think when you're laughing, you're not, there's zero stress. There's right. nothing. If I'm laughing, I'm not like mm -hmm. in the back of my mind being like, oh, like in the, I'm in the moment, I'm completely engaged. It's just amazing how connected it makes you to something. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's also really important for, and I, you just mentioned this a little bit, like having kids be able to see an adult laugh at themselves, laugh at their own mistakes or laugh at, you know, just something that they find funny and it takes that tension away. And it just shows that, you know, yes, it's a school, it's a, it's a teacher student or a, you know, whatever, special educator student, um, whomever, OT student. Um, but you're showing that there's that humility and that ability to relate on something that is funny. And, you know, I think it's also being cautious of boundaries because we always have to throw that in there as well. Yes. But I think showing kids that we can make light of things just helps them not maybe feel so wound up and stressed about a situation and can kind of like, oh, okay, everybody else is taking this lighter. And it just, it's just good. I think mirror, you know, not mirroring, but like uh, coaching and kind of showing what real life is at times too. Like things are just funny and it's okay. Even if you screw up and you laugh about it, like, okay. Yes. You know? Yep. I would actually put into my lessons when I was teaching a mistake to make sure that I was making a mistake so that mm -hmm. the kids saw. I love that. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes I would just make a mistake. But you know, as a team in the classroom, if I had pairs in there, they would call me on it and mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, yep, absolutely. I make a mistake too. It happens. Um, just kind of being real with them. I yep. think so often, especially with education right now, where the push is social emotional learning. I mean, in any yes. school system, that's what you hear. Um, Gen Ed, especially right now, is you know make those relationships with kids, and you know yeah. it's the mindfulness is a way to do that, and come up with a curriculum or build it in, and that's so much pressure for teachers because mm -hmm. they already have so much that they have to work on for the curriculum. So. You know, if you can go in and just laugh with the kids, it's amazing how much of a difference that makes. And it's so simple that, mm -hmm. you know, anyone can do it. 
Well, I think when you're lesson planning, building in a mistake is amazing. Like that's just such a simple, it's not that much added onto your time. You're right. already planning anyway. Like it's just, it's, that's a great strategy. I, I, it's just a great strategy to use, especially if you're in the general ed where you're pushing this curriculum and just to have like one little, and it could be educationally based so that you can check for yeah. understanding. That's oh, usually, so, usually a math yeah. problem. Yeah. 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 But then you also get kids who may not feel super confident about their skills noticing the mistake. Right. And now they feel like, oh, I've corrected the teacher. Exactly. And like, wink, wink, it's our little secret that the teacher should obviously know that that, you know, but if that child or that student feels like they've just kind of one up to the teacher in that situation who may be struggling, that kid is struggling somewhere else. Like that's a really great way to build that self-esteem and confidence to show what they know in front of a group as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think to your point too, we've talked a lot about like the social emotional learning and all that. Um, and I do think as being in the public school experience now, I, you know, Having been outside of it prior, I'd be like, that's like, I don't understand. It's such a natural thing because as a teacher, you just naturally embed it, right? Because we have the special education experience where we're taught how we're taught social emotional learning. Yes. We're taught that with our grad degrees. We're taught that in our programming. We're taught that as we go. And general educators are taught their specific area of expertise. If you're secondary, if you're elementary, you're taught general understanding, but up until recently, and I would go as far to say, and I don't have the st- statistics on it, but I would say that they haven't been in- embedding. So I got my master's 12 or 13 years ago. They were not embedding that social emotional stuff back then. Yeah. Because I would be in school with people who were elementary ed, and no- there was nothing about it. So I would say, I would just go as far as say like maybe seven years ago that they started really I embedding mean, I that. I got my master's in 2018, and it was maybe like one class of yeah. not even what we do of the depth of what we do right. for right. social emotional learning now in the classroom. Um, so it's definitely something that I think has been looked over, but now is more and more, especially post COVID, you know, everyone's really um, focused on it and trying to help. Well, I have some hope for you. Oh, good. Um, I just did a, a, uh, I'm looking at the American Psychological Association website, and they have a whole uh, research, uh, I'm sure there are plenty more, but this is just the one I'm looking at, um, on how laughing leads to learning. Research, research suggests that humor produces psychological and physiological benefits that help students learn. It's a, it's a journal article. Um, I think it's John, Johns Hopkins University, which is a pretty well-renowned. Um, but one of the things that caught my eye was a growing body of research suggests that when used effectively, classroom comedy... So not even just laughter, comedy mm-hmm. can improve student performance by reducing anxiety, boosting participation, and increasing students' motivation to focus on the material. Moreover, the benefits might not be limited to students. Research suggests that students rate professors who make learning fun significantly higher than others. So they go into like a bunch of research. I'm not going to talk about so, that, but like I appreciate like that. It's you know I see like comedy makes me think of like it's a sitcom and we're all yeah. acting it out, but. Um, I like the idea of making it fun. So I think, you know, to just play the other side, you obviously have to be aware of the age group that you're working with, the types of brains you're working with, the types of, you know, how big is your classroom, but making it fun. I like the idea of obviously this, this seems like so basic, but I don't think, I think the stress of the day to day takes you away from the fact that this should be fun, Yes, which is something that I, you know, I work with children cause it's fun. 
and I enjoy it and I don't ever want to lose that part of it. And I think we've lost some of that over time with all of the stressors, the expectations, the responsibilities of achievement of this type of curriculum, this type of score, that we've lost what that means to just enjoy working with kids and the fun that that is. How do you build that in to where it's not getting kids too silly, they're not as, you know, they're not missing what they need to be learning, but they're enjoying it on a level that's helping them engage better. Well, unfortunately, I think there's a realization, a rightful realization that teachers are paid nothing Mm -hmm. to do so much more work. And I think that has become, it's obviously a reality. So I'm not like, I'm not denying that I do think we try to be mindful of that when we speak about, because you know, we could say all these things and it's like, but it comes back to, you don't want to put this all on one person in a classroom. And I think that is a trend currently, especially because I, I think, and whoever's not an educator out there right now that's listening to this, I'm sorry for you, but (laughs) I think education was the hardest hit area for COVID because teachers had to teach no matter what. Their working from home looked harder than mm-hmm. a business person who had to sit at a desk all day with kids. And like, I don't, kids are hard. I'm sure it was stressful having kids at home and trying to teach them on that side. I yes. don't deny that at all, but trying to lesson plan kids falling asleep because parents aren't watching and not again, because they're working and they have their own stuff to do. It's not any knock on anyone. But like teachers arguably had one of the, not knowing if they're coming in or out, the hybrid learning, oh my God, like I almost swore. Like the hybrid learning. (laughs) Put an E on it. Put an E on this. Was impossible for people to try to like teach 10 kids in the classroom and 20 kids at home or any type of combination. It was impossible. And we saw it in a classroom of nine. Mm-hmm. I was in, like, this I, is when I was in um, the gen ed setting, but I had a special ed classroom and it was the year that we were coming back. And I was in charge of 10 kids, but they were immersed into four different homeroom classrooms. So I had four different schedules. Oh, wow. They came to me. We had to figure out the schedules for them to match with their homerooms for the gen ed population. And I had them four days a week in person, but one day remote. But I had one student that was there every day. And it was (laughs) just so much. And then you had to fast forward your understanding of technology, like, by a million. And thank, you know, thank goodness for Google, who, like, had already a class, like, Google Classroom was established. But they, like, knew, like, we got to get the, like, they built that platform to the nth degree to like help support a lot of that. But I just think, you know, um, we're off topic a little bit, but like, I think when that stigma and that understanding or that perception of how that was, I think stress had burned a lot of people out. I mean, I frankly was burnt out and I was as an administrator every day having to submit individualized learning plans to the department, like all of these things, it was stressful for every single person in the education field. So I don't blame people for wanting to get out. Yeah. And, I think, I think to your, your point, point saying that, that we were getting off topic, topic I don't think it really was because everything kind of connects um, because the, the pandemic and hybrid teaching and everything was absolute trauma to teachers. And I think coming off of that and, you know, reteaching in a completely different way now, um, even still years later is, you know, we kind of take away from 
the small moments of laughter. You know, we are really focusing more on the curriculum and getting through the day and kind of just the shift of what teaching is now and what the kids are going through, what you're going through in the everyday. So kind of getting back to that laughter piece too is so big. And basically almost starting over. Because you exactly. don't know what kids actually picked up. And so that's one of the things I think that we're struggling with, but again, off topic. But like, is that teachers are so stressed because they're teaching 17 different students in 17 different ways because some of them were accessing online, fully engaged. Some of them came in for hybrid and were, you know, who they were. And Sorry, was that hybrid? Hybrid. Hybrid. <laughs> and then some of them were accessing uh, remote and not doing anything. Right. And so... You, you have, have to, to know, know where, where the kids, kids are at, which people expected teachers to do last year. Expected, I'm talking about the state, the government, all that stuff. So. They, they can't see your air quotes. Oh, sorry, those, those are air quotes. quotes. <laughs> expected, <laughs> air quotes. Uh, was that used right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think there's just so much underlying. It's really hard for teachers, rightly so, to, to find the joy in teaching anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's really hard to then expect someone to build in laughter or right. a lighthearted way. Take it, just get through the day. I'm not really right. concerned with, you know, joking around, making it lighthearted. But you know what you find is when you are laughing with someone, then you're both sharing in that release of stress. I have to say, as a non-TikTok generationer who mm-hmm. loves to engage in TikTok videos. That makes two of us. <laughs> Three. Uh, <laughs> I really love really, my uh, for me page quote uh, that, the air quotes again um, has a lot of like teacher activities and things like that. And one of the things that I find joy in every time I watch it is the DVD game. Have you seen it? No. Okay, so highly recommended. Here's a little here's a little tip for everyone. Find it on TikTok. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's kids get to go up to a whiteboard and put their name all over the place, and then you find the you know the DVD. That when it's a oh, screen saver, oh yes, and it never like hits the corner. I mean, that's an office episode. I was gonna yes. say, and, and, it, and in the office episode, not spoiler alert, it hits the corner. Oh, it's yeah. a lie. <laughs> just saying, that's how they. That's how they. That's how they. That's how they anyway, the but kids put their initials everywhere, all over board. Mm-hmm. And if you if the DVD goes through it. Their name gets wiped out, out, and the last person wins. It's like a quick five-minute game. Oh, that's, that's awesome! But it really like, like it makes kids cry like and laugh. Yeah. And like so, there's like a bunch of games on TikTok like that, like little activities that are re-engaging and is like. So you know what? This just tells me that people are being creative. And they yes. are being thoughtful of interesting ways to engage kids because the humor is an important piece of it. But what is it really about? It's the engagement. It's the relationship. It's relating to them. We've had these conversations about how it's helpful to have someone in the school, even if it's not the individual teacher, having a connection with a kid so that you know when things are not going well, or you can at least feel like that kid has a sense of like agency to the school, to the program, to the classroom. And this is another great way to buy kids into the process of learning is, hey, I have this cool thing I do with my teacher or this, you know, para or my speech pathologist. And it just gets them hooked into feeling like a part of the community. Other, Other things, things I, I, I mean, the, the numbers, numbers game is an oldie but goodie, but, but that, that was, was one that was like a quick five minute when you like the kids like call out numbers and they can't say it at the same time and they can't repeat the same number, like simple five minute. So it's like, not that you want to stress teachers out, but a lot of these things you can find on 
social media that you're scrolling through at night or other things that you can like pick up tips and say, wow, that will take five minutes. And how much really is five minutes off your lesson plan? Because kids, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're sitting in front of a classroom, direct instruction for 45 minutes, they've got the first 10. Most of them have the first like 10, 15. So why not just take five Embrace it, do it. They're not going to take in what you're telling them anyway, so... Are there are there games or activities that you use to engage the kids when you were teaching at either side of your Yeah, so I would do a lot of different games. We did Night at the Museum sometimes, which the kids really liked, which um that's just one of the kids is a guard and then the rest of them are um statues in the museum. As the OT nerd and the executive functioning lover um that's so great for impulse control and just like inhibition yes. and so many things because so the statues have to be silent yeah. and, and the guard goes around and if you move then you're out right? you sit down um so, so that was a real fun one, one. a quick game of silent ball as well mm-hmm. um i've also done kind of the shake it out where you go you do a countdown of 10 down to one and you shake out your hands you shake out your arms you shake out your legs and you do each side and you do like 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 and then you go through all the way down to one for each part and it's 30 seconds but it's just breaks up whatever instruction it is and um it's also great mindfulness yes exactly yep and that it, it, it can be, be done right, right in the middle, middle of it. And something like that is also, shout out Go Noodle. Like that's something oh, you could yeah. find on Go yes. Noodle. Um, yeah. To yes. where you don't even have to be the one doing it. You just have them, in, you know, and if, especially using that throughout the day to break up the monotony. Or if you have two, you know, academic periods back to back and they just need a break. Like it's just a great way to give a brain break. And there's all different um, things you can use it for. So. And I'm, I'm sure, sure you participated in it along with Oh, oh I like this. I like where so, this is going. Yeah. Well, I just, I just think there's a lot of times where we as adults dictate the activity yeah. and don't participate. And I have found the highest level of success mm-hmm. is when you're actually involved in it and you allow the kids to take control and like not take it, not fully take control choices or controlled, like controlled control. Um, so you're still participating, but you know what the rules are. Um, but I think it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, a valuable thing, thing that, that people, people undervalue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and it, it gives them, them like the empowerment of being the leader, leader too. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, know, you can go through and if you have a student that never speaks up, but, but really enjoys that game and you can kind of see that as they play, then they're at first next time. Or, you know, oh, you tell us what you're we're doing and kind of trying to tie that in as well. Well, there's a lot of research to be said recently, recent research to be said about like not um, calling kids out, um, you know, when you're teaching a class, like calling kids out without the previewing with them or like, you know, ahead of time or, you know, not doing it unless they're raising their hand. There's a lot of research that's now being done about how it increases the anxiety. But by doing it in this way where you can see that it is naturally really enjoying something and to make them the leader without saying they're the leader, making them like be in charge without being in charge, um, I think brings a lot of value. Yes. It's like the meme that says, you know, back when you were in school and you had to read from the textbook <laughs> and you counted you're the sixth person coming in, in. Yeah. So, so I have, have to read that, that paragraph and I'm not even taking in what I'm actually learning because 
I'm, I'm focused, focused on, on that, that one, one paragraph, paragraph that I know I have to read. read. Well, humble brag, as a close to straight A student uh, in elementary school, <laughs> that's right, humble brag, <laughs> um, I did that too. And even though I knew what, like, even though I knew the content and things, I would still stress so much about it, I wouldn't know what was being said. Same. Or, or even popcorn, popcorn reading. Yeah. You know, when, when the teacher's, teacher's calling out for whichever, it's like, Am I, I going to be next? Are they, they going to pick someone else? else? What you know, you're, you're not paying attention to what you should be paying attention to. Yeah, and I, I am guilty of that to no end when I used to teach reading. Oh, and like the lowest of low readers, and I feel really bad now. I'm sorry to all of you that are listening. I'm sure, of course. Yes, my young reading crowd from 15 years ago. Yeah. Any other strategies that you know to bring laughter into the classroom that we can think of? I love a good um, role-playing charades, like having kids do different um, acting out, acting basically, doing some kind of acting where they they get to, even if it's charades with the teacher, like the kids or the students are teaming up to act something out and the teacher's guessing what it is. I mean, that can be really great for a lot of different areas, not just for, you know, getting kids up and chatting with each other, but I think it it's a lot of... Um, engagement with different topics, different areas. I love your thinking of bringing memes too. And yes. like gifts or gifs, whatever people want to call it. I'm a gift girl myself, but whatever you want to call it. But bringing those things in, I know I bring them into trainings all the time. Yes. And you're like, that's so corny, but it's like, yeah, but you're, yeah, you're remembering that. Yeah. But I've also presented, you know, I put everything up on PowerPoints for the kids, even like the schedule and throwing in, on Fridays, I remember I always used to do like the meme of the squirrel being like, it's Friday, you know, just throwing it in randomly, just um, while you're teaching, um, it could be something like a joke of the day for morning meeting, you could have someone, you know, come up with a joke or you tell the joke and build it in that way too to start off the day on a laugh too. And pictures, I feel like pictures... Pictures say a thousand words. Well, you could do the, the picture and you caption it, too. Like, yeah. put up a picture. And I know um, speech pathologist, shout out, does, uh, you know, they do that where it's like, oh, what, what should this be? And, like, some of these pictures are hysterical. And the things these kids come up with is... Yeah. But you could also relate it to a subject area. Yeah. So, like, you could, if you're teaching chemistry and you, like, <laughs> find a picture about, like blown up hair or like whatever you can have them caption something that's chemistry related like there are ways to build it in that aren't so stressful and are kind of fun for you to teach too like you can get excited about coming back to these topics yes so hopefully we were able to bring some good strategies i know we always put it on the te- we talk about this all the time how we always put it on the teachers too but i think people listen to get help, maybe, or maybe, or maybe just, just to hear our beautiful I think it's to hear our musical intros. <laughs> so I got shot down for a couple of would you laugh rathers with, that would make everyone laugh, but this okay, is a basic just, let's one. Just go. All right. Would you rather live in a country every month or never go on vacation again? Live in a new country every month or go, never go on vacation again? Uh, I'm going to have to live in a new country every month. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely have to live in a new country. country. Well, how long does that last for? You both, you both sound very stressed about that. Well, it's a lot. Yeah. I would love to live in a new country. Okay, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a, lot. It's a lot of adjustment. Yeah. You get to choose. No one's oh, well, then, yeah. That is not what we're saying. I know it would be like a vacationing. 
for those who have listened for a while, and when Danielle chooses the would you rather, they would know that she likes to add qualifiers that are not actually part of the original question, <laughs> but completely changes what your answer would be. Yeah, yeah but you're asking me the qualifiers. Okay. <laughs> you're, saying you're saying for how long? long? I, don't I don't know. know. Forever. Um, well, whatever. I think we're all we're all in agreement that that every month you're there for a month, and then yeah, you turn then you move on. Exactly. You'd be like a traveling nurse. Yeah. So. Great. <laughs> That's the other part of this question you didn't get. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just giving an idea. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, uh, what's the one? The Peace, Peace Corps? Peace Corps. Wow. Oh, my God. By the way, for people to know, we're, it's during vacation week, and it's at night instead of in the morning. So, okay. my brain is fried. All right. Okay. Anyway. Well, thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Caitlin, thanks for coming. Yes, much appreciated. We can't wait to do it again with you. We very much appreciate your knowledge, insight, and all of that. So I hope everyone follows us on social media. We are not meeting our uh, New Year's resolution to this point, but we will get there. I have faith, and I'm sure you all do too. Uh, at Unstuck Podcast 1. And thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye.